You're back live on The Wine Show, 96.5 Inner FM. And as promised, now live is Phil Hutchinson from Lewin Estate. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Phil. <laughs> hey, thanks for making time to chat to us. And also, I know you're up bright and early because you're over in WA. Now, you uh, are... pleasure. You're the head winemaker at Lewin Estate? Uh, winemaker. The head winemaker is Tim Lovett. Okay. And how long have you been at Lewin? Ooh, I'm coming up to just on 10 years now. So, um, yes, Tim and I started pretty much at the same time uh, at the end or November of 2010. Uh, so since then, um, I was there as assistant winemaker then. Um, yep. and beforehand, I was at Mount Langy Grand in Western Victoria for almost two and a half years as winemaker. Um, but then I got a call up to head back west where I'm originally from and, um, you know, with such a, a place such as Lewin Estate and close to the beach, surf and fishing and family, <laughs> I, I couldn't say no. So you got poached to go to Lewin, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, look, it's uh, yeah, a lot of hard work that went into it and, uh, you know, I loved my time at Mount Langy with some amazing, you know, Shiraz and Riesling, but uh, to get a chance to head back and be with one of the, you know, five founding wineries of Margaret River, but in a region that I'm so close to and grew up in on school holidays, it's... Uh, it was a very quick decision for me to make to, to head back this way, and I've got such a love for Chardonnay, so to be um, involved in a large team to be um, to make the Art Series Chardonnay and then also the other um, tiers and skews of wine, um, yeah, it was very much an easy um, decision for me to make. Now, we're definitely going to talk about the Chardonnay, and mm-hmm. before I go full fanboy, there, I would imagine that you've now made Riesling at... Langy Garan and Riesling in Margaret River. Is there? Yes. What's the difference or similarities that you find? Oh, look, I think um, similarities is definitely looking at the acid structure and purity of fruit. Um, but then I was quite amazed when I first started at Lewin the difference between uh, the two um, styles that are made. You know, but Margaret River being you know Mediterranean climate, maritime influence, um, and probably slightly a little bit more warmer during the nighttime temperature would hold a probably a little bit more flavour and, and or, or more weight and texture um, compared to, say, a continental aspect such as Mount Langy um, with that. And, um, yeah, two very distinctive different styles. Um, we pick definitely on freshness, acidity, those cut lime, lemon characters. Um, but then the viticultural side of things are quite different. We, uh, we hold quite a large canopy on our reason to protect it from any sun. Yeah. Uh, to avoid any sort of those blousy tropical flavours coming through. Um, but, you know, it is one of our largest productions and one of our most recognisable wines um, out there on the market. You know, the, it's known as the Frog Riesling, I've been told, yep. uh, with that beautiful uh, John Olsen paintings on the front. So, um, but, uh, yeah, look, a, a different style, but very much a beautiful varietal to make in both, in both um, climatic conditions. Oh, yeah. Riesling's always beautiful. I could talk about that forever. But let's talk about the Chardonnay. The 2017's yeah. just been released? Yes, it has on the 1st of March. And how how did you find that vintage as a whole? It was a... Um, look, it's a beautiful, expressive wine. I think it's really showcasing a slightly cooler vintage in Margaret River. It was a vintage that was probably three to four weeks delayed in um, picking or ripening and picking than a usual typical vintage, such as, say, the 2016. Um, 
it had, I believe, I think it was only six days above 30 degrees in, uh, for summer, which is quite unique. Yeah. Um, but then very cold temperatures at night. So I find a lot more sort of that aromatic profile coming into um, the 2017. But with that, we could see that we had to uh, do a little bit more work in barrel um, to ensure that it would um, build textures, uh, to build integration. Um, but it's a very expressive um, Chardonnay that I think really showcases a lovely aromatic year. And it was a, it's a remarkable year um, for that. And then we're really happy to see that come out in the market. Um, it's still the same style in regards to 100% barrel fermented in 100% new French oak. Um, no malolactic fermentation. We, we, we stir the barrels, the batonage regime, to build those sort of textures and weight and integration into that wine. So what is the more work you had to do in the barrel? Is that extra lee stirring or is there something else that you had to do? Oh, no, more lee stirring um, yeah. with that. So we, we did that sort of once a week to start off with then led into once every two weeks. Um, and then sort of uh, maybe about after eight months in, in barrel um, was we um, stretched it out to every three weeks. Uh, but then when it comes out of oak, which is usually about 11 months after it's first gone into the oak, uh, we then take all the lees um, from the barrel when we uh, put it into tank and we keep that lees in suspension in tank so it's also getting more lees stirring in tank and that sort of weaves all the components together as well and we find that's quite an important aspect and, um, and technique to do especially on a year um, that's slightly colder than other years. How do you get the lees? Like how do you collect them in the, from the barrel? Uh, well, before we empty them, we, we stir the barrel. So you, you give them a, a batonage or a stir beforehand. Yeah. Um, but, but we don't pump the, the wine out. We're very protective of fruit and, and aromas on our wine. So we use a gassing out method. The, the technical term is bulldogging, but we call it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's where you pressurize the barrel with either um, CO2 or nitrogen gas, and it forces the, um, the wine out through the sphere into the tank. So it's a bit more labor-intensive, a bit longer, uh, but for us, it's all about protection of fruit. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's, uh, that's fantastic. <laughs> now, I tried the wine. I bought some for a customer, and so I had to try one myself, so I bought some extra. Mm -hmm. I, the one thing I find about the Art Series Chardonnay is it just needs a lot of time. And yes. I also recently drank a magnum of, I think, the 2003 vintage Art mm -hmm. Series Chardonnay, and also found that frustratingly young. What, what, what do you? I mean, when you guys are serving the Chardonnay for sort of guests or you know at home or whatever, what do you do with it to make it look its absolute best? Um, I decant it. Yeah, I treat it like a red wine, and I make sure that it's also not served cold. I think the the most inhibitive thing you can do for this wine, especially if it's a young Artery Chardonnay, is to serve it too cold. Um, I like it just pretty much on room temperature. Um, but if you're going to open up a young Artois Chardonnay, um, I decant it, leave it for an hour, I sort of treat it like a red wine. Yep. Um, it, it is a wine that has been built for age. Um, so to give it that time to open up, to really express itself, um, I find is crucial. But I'm with you, I think, uh, you know, to open up a, a young Artois Chardonnay, um, I love them when they're sort of in that five to ten year mark. Um, but obviously it's all subjective uh, to each other. Yeah. Um, but that's how I enjoy it. And we, we had one the other night. I came up to Perth for the first time in uh, a yeah. few months. Yeah, yeah. It was all the family. And 
I brought a 17 and decanted it, left it for two hours, and it was sensational. And what do you see the differences are between current release and one that would be five to seven years old? Um, I, I see you start getting, uh, you know, slightly sort of more like cashew, toasted notes coming through a little bit more evidently, yeah. um, as opposed to quite a very aromatic, punchy, slight concentrated fruit. Um, but I also find that integration meshes into um, the wine a lot more seamlessly. Uh, so it does um, deserve a little bit of that time. And I find the oak you'll find just comes into that beautiful brioche, um, nougat sort of characters that really sort of gives it a, 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 um, a sweetness, but then builds um, on these sort of lovely secondary characters that just start developing. So it's sort of more of those white nectarine characters that start really expressing itself after a few years in bottle. My mouth is watering. <laughs> I'm ready to eyes on one at eight thirty in the morning as well. <laughs> now, one of the themes that have come through from Sandro Mazel, our first guest, and also Sam Layton from Malaluca, was talking about the fact that you know making wine is one thing, but growing the grapes and the the resources you have is another. Can you tell us about the vineyards that provide the grapes for the Art Series Chardonnay? Oh, definitely. I mean. Great wines are growing, they're not made, and that's uh, very much a philosophy we, we follow at Lewin. And when you look at Art Series Chardonnay, it formulates basically the base around Block 20, which is if a, a little tour through the vineyard on the radio, if you may allow me. Yeah, it's, let's do it. It's, yeah, well, if you're, you're driving, it's about... Lewin Estate's about seven kilometres south of the township of Marga River. Um, you drive into the... Um, the into the property. Uh, it's a lovely property of undulating land, not high peaks or anything, but this lovely undulating land that gives us beautiful aspects, whether it be north, south, east or west. And the first block on the left-hand side, so it's a northwest-facing slope, is Block 20, and it's the original Chardonnay plantings in Market River. It is a gin-gin clone, um, which has come from the Wenty region um, over in the Napa Valley. Uh, but before then, back in the 1800s, was from Merceau. So it's had a long trip to get to um, <laughs> Marga River. But this is the decline that's characteristic and typically grown in Marga River. But this block is, um, when they planted it in 1975, it's on very free-draining, um, sandy, loamy soils with a deep clay subsoil that has a lot of ancient um, granitic um, soil eroded through it with, with pockets of gravel. And it's uh, for us, it's the Grand Cru of, of the Lewin Estate, and that's where all of our other cuttings and Chardonnay plantings on Lewin Estate have come from. Yeah. And year out, year in, year out, this fruit just gives us this beautiful purity, concentration, um, length and power, um, but gives a lot of personality into the wine. It, all we have to do with the Art Series blocks um, and Art Series is typically made of maybe five to six blocks, depending on the year. It's all based on quality, not quantity. Yeah. Um, and they just express themselves, and all we have to do is to nurture that wine, uh, protect it at all times, um, and just nurture that wine. So it's a, they're blocks that gives a lot of identity and personality into this wine, um, being the Block 20 is that base. That's amazing. And I didn't know that the Jinjin clone was Merceau originally, so that's uh, that's fantastic. But it's funny, you say it's a Grand Cru of of your estate. My mentor, Patrick, and Patrick, if you're listening, hello, thank you. Um, he's done a lot of dinners, and people often say, 
what's the best white burgundy I should buy? And he said, write this down, Domain Lewin Estate. <laughs> he yeah. said, <laughs> just, Thank you, Patrick. He's, he said, it's under screw cap, so you're not going to have any issues that you sometimes get with you know, white burgundy and cork. And he said, you know, in, in 10 years, you'll, you'll thank me. <laughs> so, uh, oh, thank you very much, Patrick. And I, I agree with him. I mean, uh, we're blessed where we are in Market River. You know, the, the, we're seven kilometres from the ocean. We have great consistency year in, year out. Um, very little disease pressure. Our biggest problems are probably birds on certain years when the Mary blossom doesn't necessarily come to um, full uh, fruition. Uh, but yeah, I totally agree with him. It's a, um, it's a, yeah, the white burgundy of Australia. It's a great way to look at it. <laughs> and just to go all the way back, I know you weren't there, but you might know the history. When they were planting Block 20, did they know Chardonnay was going to suit that or was that a leap of faith? I think they had a, a fair idea. I mean, Lewin Estate was, um, you know, it, it's owned by the Horgan family, and Dennis and Trish Horgan, um, who, it was a family property, a big farm, and they weren't sure what to do with it, but they heard um, someone wanted to, was looking in the area to buy land. And they thought, oh, well, let's just see what he thought um, about the land and what he would do with it. And it was Robert Mandavi yes. who came <laughs> over and wanted to look at it, and they became very close friends and learnt um, and helped plant these vineyards on these estates. Um, it was Cabernet, Riesling, Chardonnay, Shiraz, a bit of Petit Verdot, Pinot Noir and um, Malbec. And I think back then, um, who knew Chardonnay was going to take off like it did no. um, here? Yeah. And I think obviously from the understandings of Dr John Gladstone indicating that Margaret River would be a great climate and soils, it's very typical to, typical to Bordeaux climatically, but not without the humidity. So um, I'm sure also there was a fair bit of luck that, right, Chardonnay's going to grow well, well in this spot, and it, luckily enough it did. Yeah, and I guess oh, you raised the other point that I hadn't considered is that it's not... Yeah, Chardonnay might grow well there, but if nobody wants to drink it, then <laughs> it's completely moot. It's, uh, I hadn't considered that either. Now, exactly. Phil, it's almost at the end of the show. I have one mm. listener question who... He's addressed it to Phil. It could be either of us, but I think uh, you're very qualified to answer this. He says, it's Graham Lang again. Hello, Graham. Thanks for listening. Uh, I've been known to buy a bottle of wine purely based on a label with no preference to the wine. Have you ever done that? How important is the label? Now, obviously, the Art Series wines have quite a, a big um, importance on the labels. How do you, I mean, do you have feedback? Do you have any sort of knowledge on how important the labels are for your sales? Oh, look, I think um, they, they play a very important part um, of the sales, you know, to get that um, visual aspect into um, into a, a consumer to buy, I think it plays a very, very important part um, in that. Um, I've brought bottles of wine based on a label as well um, from that, and I think the art series expresses that and those sort of the vibrancy that you see on those labels uh, to be able to catch the eye. But, you know, that's one part of it. Obviously, the most important thing is obviously what's in the bottle. Um, yeah. But the curator of the, you know, the art um, program and obviously having art series labels being um, a new label every year yeah. is Trish Horgan. And, and that's the, you know, the ethos of Lewin Estate. It's the art of fine wine, fine food and fine art. And when you look at and sit down with a bottle of wine that you can talk about the artwork while you're enjoying food and enjoying wine and have a great discussion amongst those three, 
um, it's a great sort of um, philosophy on how the Horgans wanted to really um, showcase their wines around um, not just Australia but also the world. Absolutely, and it's important to, I mean, to acknowledge that for a lot of people, the first point of contact with a wine is what they see. So exactly. the, the label, if, if, if it's an ugly label, people might walk past it. If it's an enticing label, people might at least pick the bottle up and then read the back label if there is one. So it's exactly. it, it's a huge thing. I wouldn't want to be involved in, in that part of the business because it's just, it could be, you know, brand brand making or brand breaking, I guess. <laughs> exactly. And I, I'm lucky enough that I get the easy job of just making the wine <laughs> uh, <laughs> as opposed to doing all the, uh, the labelings. But, it, you know, it's very hard to piece, put a piece of art onto a label. Uh, and still have that vibrancy as well. So, um, but yeah, look, it, it is. It's catching that eye, even at the eye, the, the placement, even on the shelves, makes such an important aspect into um, into picking up a bottle of wine as well at eye level or just below or so forth. So, uh, very important aspect. Phil, I have to wrap up the show. I have about twenty more questions, so I might get you back on to talk about some of the other wines you make in the near future. Beautiful, that'd be great, Phil. Thank you very much for having me on your show. Absolute pleasure. So it's Phil Hutchinson from Lewin Estate, one of the winemakers there. We were chatting about the beautiful new 2017 Lewin Estate Art Series Chardonnay. I would say do yourself a favour and go get some, but then not drink it for five to seven years, which seems a little bit like torture, but it will be well worth the wait.